A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Christ to them. With one accord, the crowds paid attention to what was said by Philip when they heard it and saw the signs he was doing. For unclean spirits, crying out in a loud voice, came out of many possessed people, and many paralyzed or crippled people were cured. There was great joy in that city. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for it had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord.
but I declare what he has done for me. Blessed be God who refused me not, my prayer or his kindness. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. from the first letter of St. Peter. Beloved, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. But do it with gentleness and reverence, keeping your conscience clear so that when you are maligned, those who defame your good conduct in Christ may themselves be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that be the will of God, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once, the righteous for the sake of the unrighteous, that he might lead you to God. Put to death in the flesh, he was brought to life in the Spirit. The Word of the Lord. Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, 
and he will give you another advocate to be with you always. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot accept, because it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. <clears throat> I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live and you will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me, and whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. The Gospel of the Lord. I'd like to give a very gracious and happy wishes to all mothers. Uh, may you have a most blessed and joyous Mother's Day. And I'd also like to welcome anyone who might be visiting the cathedral today. Thank you for coming and joining us in the celebration of Holy Mass. Indeed, the Mass is the source and the summit of our life. And over the last couple months, I've been preaching about different parts of the Mass to help us enter more deeply into that mystery. And so I'd like to continue this today. And I'd ask you to take out your hymnals and open them up and turn to uh, page 32. So last time we, we started reflecting on the Eucharistic prayer and we considered a couple parts of that prayer, you know, what the prayer is and, and we talked about the preface and this thanksgiving that begins the prayer. And now I'd like to just kind of walk you through the text of the third Eucharistic prayer so we, consider, we can consider the different parts of the prayer and how every time this Eucharistic prayer or another one is prayed, we can enter deeper and deeper and deeper into the mystery of this wonderful worship of God. So the next part of the Eucharistic prayer, the main part is called the epiclesis. And the church says this about the epiclesis. The epiclesis in which, by means of particular invocations, 
the church implores the power of the Holy Spirit that the gifts offered by human hands be consecrated, that is, become Christ's body and blood, and that the unblemished sacrificial victim to be consumed in communion may be for the salvation of all those who partake in it. When we celebrate Holy Mass, we witness a great miracle. And this, of course, is accomplished by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so if you were to look at the third Eucharistic prayer, it begins with offering praise. And then in the second paragraph, therefore, Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration. So this is the epiclesis. And all of the Eucharistic prayers in one way or another invoke the Holy Spirit to come upon these gifts of bread and wine that they be transformed into the body and blood of Christ. And so something to think about in, in your own life and in your own heart is when you receive Holy Communion, pray that you be transformed as well, that the reception of the Lord in Holy Communion may impart to you this gift of the Holy Spirit to transform your life and your heart. And so we call upon the Holy Spirit to sanctify, to make holy, to change the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. The next part of the Eucharistic prayer is known as the institution narrative and the consecration. And we see this in the third Eucharistic prayer beginning in the very next paragraph. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread and giving you thanks, said the blessing, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples saying, and then the priest, of course, says the very words of Jesus at the Last Supper. And it is here that by the power of the Holy Spirit, bread and wine are changed into the body and blood of Christ. This is the focus, the high point of the Eucharistic prayer. Don't just let this moment pass by. Listen to the words of the Lord as they're said again. And gaze upon this altar to see the miracle that happens. And after the consecration, the priest will will hold up the body of Christ or the chalice with the blood of Christ. And the directions here is that he shows it to the people. 
a great miracle has taken place. And the priest holds up the body and blood of Christ so we can look at him and love him and adore him. Let our minds and our hearts be focused on this moment and let us gaze upon the Lord with love. After the consecration, the next part of the Eucharistic prayer is called the anemnesis. Now, we use some of these Greek words because at one time, or actually still in the East, Mass was celebrated in Greek, and this was very much a, a language of the New Testament in the early church. And this means, you know, memory. It's the memorial. Jesus said to do this in memory of me. But this is not just a type of remembering that we would do in events gone past. Because the one sacrifice of Christ is made present here on this very altar. And this type of a memorial is a real participation in that one saving event. And so in this part of the Eucharistic prayer, it says, and this is over on page 34, Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming. This is a sacred memorial of the saving events of Christ in which we are really participating. It's not merely something that happened in the past. It's a type of sacred memory where we are truly there. And the next part of the Eucharistic prayer is the oblation or the offering. And here, the body and blood of Christ are offered to the Father, and we offer ourselves to the Father along with the sacrifice of the Son. And if we were to look at the next paragraph, we see this, this offering taking place, or it ends right at the very end of the, that first paragraph. We offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church, And so we have this offering of ourselves along with Jesus to the Father. And so every time you come to Mass and, and, and you, you participate and you listen attentively to the Eucharistic prayer, in your mind, in your heart, offer Jesus to the Father and offer him your entire life, your entire heart as well. 
And then after this offering, there's a series of intercessions or petitions. We, we pray for, for a number of different intentions. If we were to look in the middle of this second paragraph, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. Just think of this prayer and how it's meant to be a healing of all divisions. Where in our life might we be divided? And here we're praying that being nourished by a Holy Communion, we may be united with Christ and divisions among us may be overcome. And then we could continue for the next two paragraphs, or the next three paragraphs. It's petition after petition after petition, where we're asking the Lord for many types of blessings that come from the fruit of the celebration of this Holy Mass. And then finally, there is a, a doxology or a giving of glory and praise. And that's when the priest holds up the body and blood of Christ through him, with him, and in him. O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. And so think about this. All the parts of, or all the Eucharistic prayers have these parts. There is an epiclesis, a calling of the Holy Spirit to transform the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. There is the institution narrative and the consecration so when the priest says the very words of Jesus at the Last Supper, this miracle takes place before our eyes and we gaze upon the Lord with love. There is the anemnesis or the memorial, the type of memorial where we are really present at this saving action of Christ. There's the oblation or the offering where the bread and the, the body and blood of Jesus and we ourselves are offered to the Father. The intercessions where we ask the Lord for many gifts and blessings. And finally concluding doxology where we give God glory and praise. Every time you, you come to Mass, listen for these parts of the Eucharistic prayer. Enter into it more deeply so that every time we celebrate Holy Mass, we may come to a deeper understanding and love of the gift of the Holy Eucharist that the Lord gives us and that we may enter deeper and deeper and deeper 
into the mystery of the Lord's life. 